All right, good morning. How's everybody doing? Ah, we are so excited that you are here. Super excited about where we're at, being able to gather in community as we've been able to do that. We're excited about grade retreats, which are coming back after a couple of years in September. How many of you have your forms in? Like, they're absolutely in. Excellent. So keep talking to friends because there's always weeping and gnashing of teeth when people miss the deadline. We call it the line of death, right? June 17th, you got to get your forms in. So make sure you're talking to friends if you want them to go. This morning, we've got Phil Clausen here, who is the director of Next Gen Ministries. Did I get that right? Yes. Beautiful. And they also call him the fixer at Scott Street. I don't know what that means, but anybody that they're having issues with, I think Phil just fixes, right? It's just awesome. We need that in every... No, I'm just kidding. All right. So um, he's a youth pastor, seven, six to eight years, which is great because you know, you're not quite sure, but that's okay. <laughs> six to eight years at Scott Street. So being a youth pastor, we are often looking for creative ideas. So how about you take 30 seconds and come up with an amazing youth event idea that is legal, okay? It has to be legal, all right? 30 seconds, talk to somebody beside you, and then we're going to get Phil to come on up. Let's give him a hand as he comes up. And Phil, you might get, at no charge, a couple of event ideas out of this, all right? That'd be great. Is this a good spot? Can we share a couple of ideas with Phil? Hello? Hello? Uh, okay, let's hear some of these ideas. Does anyone have anything for me in the back? Oh, Gargoyle. We already have that idea. That's an old idea, Carissa. Come on. Paintball. Now, like going to a paintball arena or like everyone bringing their paintball guns into the church? That might not be a good idea. <laughs> Anything else over there? A live Mario Kart track. I actually tried that with our junior youth a couple weeks ago. It was like two hours of setup for 10 minutes of, of, of game, and it was a lot of fun. But maybe not worth it. But we could try it again. Anything else? Yeah? Karaoke night. That was a hit when we did it last time. I love karaoke. OK. Does anyone else have one last one? They want to throw it there? No? Okay. Uh, it is great to be here. I've been here maybe the last time I was here was probably before COVID, so half of you weren't here during that time because it's a long time. Uh, my name is Phil. I, am the, I, I work at a local church, Scott Street Church. Um, it's great to see you guys and be here. A little bit about myself. I am uh, a husband and a father. I have a, uh, I don't know which order it is. There's a bit of a delay on these, but here we go. Uh, I have a picture of my daughter because I want to manipulate you guys emotionally into connecting with me quicker. That's why I brought some pictures of her. Her name is Avery. She is adorable. This morning she threw up in her crib and I, I was almost late and John was stressing out. Um, but. I am also uh, an Eden alumni, so I graduated in 07, which was a little while ago. That's a little bit about me. Um, 07? Oh, 2007. That's, yeah, sorry. Not 1907. Uh, okay. But enough about me. Uh, we're here to talk about this uh, series we're on. Is, is this going forward or am I uh, too late? Okay. Um, so I understand right now we're doing a series uh, all about reframing how we think about things. So 
Uh, what are some, can anyone give me some of the topics you guys have been talking about this week? Has anyone been to the other first 25s? You want to shout out what some of the topics were? This is a test. Anyone? I think I know what they are, and I wasn't even here. Did you do one on, you did like self-confidence this week, right? And you did wealth. <laughs> well, now the clicker's not going to work. Oh, yeah. So <laughs> okay, okay, okay. So uh, self-confidence, wealth and justice, patience and suffering. Is that what you guys have been talking about this week? Some nods? Okay. Let's see if this is, uh, if I've ruined this. Okay, well, today I'm here to talk about prayer, reframing our, how we think about prayer. Um, so first off, uh, you guys didn't answer it in the last question, but I want you to answer in this question because otherwise it's going to be a, a really long morning and we're not going to let you go. Uh, what do you guys pray about? What are the different things you pray about? And in this case, it doesn't matter if you're a Christian or who you pray to or what you pray to, but what do you pray about? Any answers? Any thoughts? You just throw a hand up or you can yell it out. Yeah? The future. You pray about like your future, your Concerned about your future, yeah. Family, family? like just in general, family, or like more when there there's needs in the family. Anything else? What do you pray about? Friends. Friends, okay. Cool. Okay, so uh, we have family, friends, your future. So that's more about yourself and what's going to happen next. Um, is it fair to say that? When you're praying, you usually need something, like you're praying because you're concerned about your future, or because your family or friends might be sick, or in need, or hurting because they've lost someone, or I guess you pray for your food before meal a lot of the time. Um, so maybe if our baseline is when we pray, we pray about something that we want fixed. Is that fair to say? Okay. So that's our baseline. And it's good to have a baseline because that way we can reframe it. Cue the sound. Cue the music. That was supposed to be a joke. Okay, let's go. <laughs> I'm old. My, my humor is different. Okay. So uh, this morning we're talking about reframing our prayer, uh, prayer life. So I want to look at a passage of the Bible. I think you guys have been in the book of James. So we're going to continue in James. And... This is in James 5, verses 13 and 14. It says this. Is anyone among you in trouble? Let them pray. Is anyone happy? Let them sing songs of praise. Is anyone among you sick? Let them call the elders of the church and pray over them and anoint them with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer offered in faith will make the sick person well. Did this go? Maybe it's the batteries that I knocked out. And the prayer offered in faith will make the sick person well, and the Lord will raise them up. If they have sinned, they will be forgiven. Therefore, confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. The prayer of the righteous person is powerful and effective. Okay, so what is it saying here? There's three questions at the beginning of, this, of these verses, and they're really short and easy questions. The first one is, is anyone in trouble? Is anyone among you in trouble? And what should they do? The answer is to pray. The next question, is anyone happy? 
The answer isn't to pray, so we're going to swing past it really quick. It's to sing. Singing is great. Is anyone among you sick? And then the answer is also to pray, or at least to get, call someone in to pray. I skipped past that way too quick. Okay. Uh, for two of, the, two of the three questions, the answer to, do, to what you're supposed to do is to pray. Uh, so speaking generally, this doesn't seem too far off from what we think about when, when I think about prayer. Uh, I mean, other than praying before, praying before a meal or praying in church or things like that, most of the time when I actually earnestly pray, I'm praying because I need or want something from God. I pray when I'm in trouble, I pray when my family is sick, I pray when uh, I'm concerned about something coming up in the future. Uh, and it's, I think it's pretty in line with what we talked about at the start, or what we established as our baseline. Uh, well, that's good, right? We have it right here from the Bible, from James. He says that these are the times when you're supposed to pray, when you're in trouble, when you're sick, yada, yada, yada. Um, so what is the issue here? Do we need to actually reframe anything when we're talking about what we pray for? But I don't think the issue is what prompts us to pray. The issue is it could be our expectations uh, or we could say our faith uh, for what we are praying for. So let's get into my first point. My first point is To, we want to reframe our expectations when we're thinking about prayer. So, how often do you pray believing that God can and will act on your prayers? That's a rhetorical question. You don't need to answer. But think about it. As a Christian, I find it's easy that we get into the habit of just throwing prayers up as like a just-in-case God is listening or just-in-case this works. Um, or we, we, we give those like safe, safe prayers like praying for something that's probably going to happen anyway, like God, please guide the doctor's hands, or God, please get, keep us safe on the road. These are things that I've regularly prayed, and they're pretty common. And it's not a bad thing to pray these things. However, um, there's a pretty good chance of these things happening even if you don't pray, if you're honest. It's a pretty good chance most people are going to follow the rules of the road, and it'll be a safe drive. It's a pretty good chance the doctor knows what they're doing, and will be able to guide his own hands. So it feels like, in some ways, maybe it's a cop-out prayer, but it depends on your attitude and your expectations. Uh, these are still things to, great things to pray for, but pretending, depending on your attitude, when you pray these things, the danger is that it might show a lack of expectation or faith in God's either ability or his desire to intervene in a certain situation. In the next verse, James 15, which I read, uh, it says that the prayer offered in faith will make the sick person well, uh, and the Lord will raise them up, and if they sin, they'll even be forgiven. So it's pretty wild. Our prayers, when they're backed by that kind of faith, have the power to actually influence God to intervene in a situation. And that's, I think that's pretty wild. Having faith like that is hard, though, uh, admittedly. Uh, in our youth group, we do something that sometimes is called highs and lows, and sometimes we, we call by my, my favorite name of it, which is Happy Crappies, which has mixed results in our, in our group. 
Um, but uh, we share some highs and lows from the week. Uh, we see how each other are doing. And then at the end, I always kind of like habitually ask any prayer requests. And I throw, throw them around, and then I write them down. People will usually say something like, so-and-so related to me is sick. There's a test coming up I'm concerned about. Kind of like in line with what we were saying we normally pray about. And these aren't bad things. But then the problem is when I pray for them, I'm just, I'm just saying the words. I'm not really thinking about it. And I'm not really expecting, if I'm honest, God to intervene in every situation when I pray for things like this. Sorry to the youth group members that are here and you thought I was earnest. I was earnestly praying, but sometimes you just you don't think about it as much, right? You just throw it up if it becomes a habit. And we want to reframe our expectations that God will actually do something when we pray. Um, yeah, let's see. Okay. Uh, as followers of God who loves us and wants, us, what's what, wants what's best for us, we should expect that God will answer our prayers. But then you ask, what if I expect God to answer my prayer in a certain way and then and maybe like heal my friend who's going through some kind of sickness or something, but he doesn't? What do you do then? This is a common thing. You pray for something, it doesn't happen. You say, God, what gives? It's always a hard situation, but we can believe all we want God will answer a prayer in a certain way, but if he doesn't, it can make us question uh, whether we just didn't have enough faith. I play a lot of video games and board games, and there's often a specific resource you need to do well in those games, right? Whether it's lumber or gold coins or bananas or uh, G coin or Roblox points. What is it? Ro Roblox? Do they collect? I don't know. Do you guys play that? Is that a kid game? What do they collect in your games? V B blocks? V bucks. V bucks. What did I say? It doesn't matter. You connect something, and that helps you win the game, right? Uh, I think a lot of the time, when we're Christians, we can treat faith like a resource like that. You have enough faith, you win the game, and God will listen to your prayer, right? But I don't think we should look at faith that way. There's a danger that we kind of end up doing that. There's a, there's a verse in the Bible that says, uh, there's, uh, if you have faith as little as a mustard seed, you can move mountains. And then sometimes reading that, I think, well, I've never moved any mountains, so obviously I don't have very much faith, and that starts getting my head in the, in the place where I'm thinking about faith in that way, like a resource that I'm trying to build up enough of until I can cash it in. Uh, but I don't think that's how it works. Resource is, sorry, not resource. Uh, faith isn't a resource. You either believe or you don't believe. You have faith or you don't have faith. As Yoda says, do or do not, there is no try. So uh, the point is that God doesn't answer your prayers the way you expect him to, we, we, or if he doesn't, uh, I don't think we should feel like we were wrong when we expected something else to happen. Uh, you can expect God to intervene in something that you're praying for and still trust that if how he intervenes is different than you expected, uh, that he has the best intentions in mind for the long run. Uh, after we reframe our expectations, 
we want to reframe our posture. So these are two, my two points for tonight. Reframe your expectations when you're praying and reframe your posture when you're praying. Now that could mean getting on your knees, folding your hands, bowing your head, and taking a physical posture, but more so I'm talking about your mental posture. So thinking how, what you're thinking about when you're praying, the, the attitude you're bringing toward the table when you're praying to God. Uh, we talked about prayers having a powerful power to influence God, but God is still God. He's infinitely bigger and wiser and more powerful than us. So our requests for God to heal or whatever we're asking for are just that. They're requests. Uh, ultimately, it's his decision. So it's like when you go to see the doctor, okay? Well, maybe you guys don't because you're young and healthy. But once you get to my age, your body starts to fall apart. And then you go to the doctor. Okay. So when you go to the doctor, what do most people do? We Google what our symptoms are, or we look up images on Google to see if it looks like our festering wound is the same as that other people's, right? We do this. We got to see what we have so we know to tell the doctor, this is what I have, then, then everything's good, right? I go to we go to the doctor and we say, uh, here's, our, here's my self-diagnosis. Hey, doc, I'm pretty sure. I had like a gallbladder attack or something, and then the doctor will be like, she'll be like, yep, Phil, you sure did. Uh, we got to take that out. Or they'll say, no, Phil, you're just constipated and you got to eat more fiber, right? So the doctor knows which is right in that situation. I don't know, but I, have, I can have a good idea. But ultimately, we got to leave it to the professional to give the professional opinion, right? It's kind of the same way with God when we pray. We can tell God what we think, but ultimately, he's the actual professional who knows what's best in the long run, so he might overrule what we think, right? Uh, and going into the doctor's office with this posture of you're, you actually know what your thing is, that's usually not a good, a good thing to do because you have to go in knowing the doctor knows what's right, right? So when you go into prayer, you go in knowing God knows what's right and act with humility that we don't know everything. Uh, so again, that doesn't have to be a literal posture, but it can help if you, if you kneel down by your bed or whatever and pray and actually take a, hum a, a humbling posture and making yourself little, that can help your, your mind kind of get in the right place. But it doesn't have to be that way. More so, it's about having a mental posture of humility. When you pray, I would suggest take your time. Think about what you're saying or thinking. Your words and thoughts, they matter. Realize that you're speaking with an omnipotent or an all-powerful God, but also a God who cares for you specifically and wants a personal relationship specifically with you. So as big and huge as God is, he still wants to be in your life, and that should affect how your posture is when you pray. There's a good example from the Bible of a man who asked God to prevent his agonizing death. He prayed. But in the end, God didn't prevent it. God said there was a different way. This man's death was the best thing to happen in the long run, and that man who was praying in that situation was Jesus. Jesus prayed shortly before he died, Father, remove this cup from me, or take this thing away. I, don't, I wish there was, if there's some other way that this can happen without me dying this agonizing death on the cross, take it away. Um, but in the end of that prayer, he still said, not my will, but yours. 
Father. So he's still saying with humility, this is what I want, but ultimately it's your will. He's acting with humility as he's praying. <coughs> I was going to cough into the mic, and then I did anyway. Okay. Uh, even Jesus had expectations and desires for a particular outcome when he prayed, but he didn't get what he, want in this, he wanted in this case. Uh, the whole time that he prayed, he was in a posture of humility, knowing he wasn't the one that was the most important, and in terms of whose will. His will wasn't the most important. So to recap, we're thinking about uh, reframing our expectations and our posture. Uh, reframing your expectations. Expect God will answer but have faith when you don't see or understand that answer. And reframe your posture. Pray with humility, knowing God is all-powerful, and it's his will that is the most important. I wanted to end with another passage, uh, and this is from the Bible. I think it sums up all of this quite well. From the book of Philippians 4, 4 to 7, it says, Rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again, rejoice. Let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. There's a Bible paraphrase that I like to use sometimes to help myself understand the Bible language a little better. Uh, it's called The Word on the Street. Uh, it was written in 2004, so the slang it uses is a little old, but I guess it's a lot newer than the Bible itself. So I'm going to read that right now. It's the same, same passage from, I don't have a slide for this one. The same passage as this, Philippians 4 to 7, but paraphrased in early 2000s slang. So get ready. Celebrate the boss 24-7. I'll copy and paste that, this time in bold. Copy, or celebrate the boss. That part's bolded, you can't see it, but. Quit the aggression, fists and curses are out. Palms and calm voices are in. The boss is at heaven junction, ready to come visit. Don't get stressed about anything. Whatever hits you, verbalize it with God. Oh, where was I? Okay, balance your pleases and your thank yous and God's serenity, which even medics can't suss will flood your deep places, saturate your thinking, acting like a minder, because you're in with the liberator Jesus. I don't know what a minder is, but maybe that makes this a little more clear, or less clear. <laughs> I'm not sure. Um, it'd be a little weird if I didn't end this whole thing with praying, so I'm going to pray. I'm going to pray for you guys. And as I'm praying, I ask you to pray along with me. When we're in a group like this, anytime you're praying with someone, even if you're not talking, you're, you can still be praying with them. You can pray along in your head, you can agree with what they're saying in their head, you can, it sounds, it's like a Christian cliche to say, echo that, I echo that, it's always one of those funny prayers people make fun of, but you can say that in your mind and then no one will make fun of you. Um, but I invite you to pray along with me and think about that, think about posture, think about your expectations when you're praying too, as you go into your own lives. Heavenly Father, thank you so much for this morning. Thank you for all of these students. Thank you for um, this school and their teachers and their, and their classmates. I pray that you would be with each one of them. I pray that you would 
strengthen them, you would encourage them, you would comfort them when they've, when they've lost uh, loved ones, when they're, they're hurting for their friends who are going through things. I pray that you would be with them when they're worried about their tests that are coming up, uh, that they would remember what they've studied and be able to do well and just be able to trust in you in everything that they do. And I thank you so much for uh, this, this week, how we've had a chance to reframe our thinking on a lot of things. I pray that uh, that would help us to understand you more and build our relationship with you uh, in a really positive way. And thank you so much for the fact that we can pray and talk to you and bring anything before you and that you will hear us and you will love us and you will answer us. In your name we pray. Amen. Thank you, Phil. Just super quick uh, before you go, great retreats for those who came in a bit late. Forms are due June 17th, so don't miss the, your opportunity for an amazing retreat season in September. Today, guys group, the Foundry, both junior and senior are meeting for round two of big trivia. So don't miss it. Uh, it's going to be great. So we'll see you then. Have a great day. God bless. Thanks.